Summary of Clarifications Over the years, the Watchtower has adjusted our understanding of several aspects of Ezekiel's prophecy. And this publication, Pure Worship of Jehovah, Restored at Last, contains a number of additional clarifications. See if you can answer the following questions. What do the four faces of the living creatures represent? Scriptures Ezekiel 1, 4-6 and 10, and Ezekiel 10-2. Pure Worship, Chapter 4, Paragraphs 5-14. through 14. Previous Understanding Each of the four faces of the living creatures, or cherubs, represents one of Jehovah's four cardinal attributes. Clarification While each one of the four faces of the living creatures stands for one of the four cardinal attributes of Jehovah, when viewed together, the four faces embrace all the attributes that he possesses. Also, the four faces impress on us the surpassing greatness of Jehovah's might and glory. Reasoning Behind the Change In God's Word, the number four is often used to denote that which is all-embracing or complete. Hence, when the four faces are depicted together, they form more than four individual attributes. They are the foundation of Jehovah's awe-inspiring personality. Also, each face belongs to a creature that embodies majesty, strength, and mightiness. Even so, all four mighty representatives of creation, as depicted by the four faces of each cherub, are situated below the throne of Jehovah. That depiction highlights that Jehovah is the supreme ruler over all. Whom does the man with the secretary's inkhorn symbolize? Scriptures Ezekiel 9-2 The Watchtower, June 2016, pages 16 and 17 Pure Worship, chapter 16, paragraph 18 Previous Understanding The man with the inkhorn represents the anointed remnant. By means of the preaching and disciple-making work, the anointed are now putting a symbolic mark on the foreheads of those who become part of the great crowd. Clarification The man with the secretary's inkhorn pictures Jesus Christ. He will mark the great crowd when they are judged as sheep during the Great Tribulation. Reasoning Behind the Change Jehovah has entrusted the judging to His Son. According to Matthew 25, 31-33, Jesus will make the final judgment regarding who are sheep and who are goats. Do the prostitute sisters Ohola and Oholaba prefigure Christendom with its division between the Catholic and Protestant faiths? Scriptures Ezekiel 23, 1-4 Pure Worship Chapter 15, Box 15a Previous Understanding Ohola Samaria, capital of Israel, the older sister, pictures Catholicism. Oholaba, Jerusalem, capital of Judah, the younger sister, pictures Protestantism. Clarification These prostitute sisters are not prophetic types of any parts of Christendom. Rather, their existence serves to teach us about how Jehovah feels when those who were once his loyal people commit spiritual prostitution. His feelings regarding all false religion are similar. Reasoning Behind the Change There is no scriptural indication that Ohola and Oholaba are prophetic types of Christendom. 
Israel and Judah were once like faithful wives to Jehovah, but Christendom has never had such a relationship with Jehovah. Further, the comparisons of God's unfaithful people to prostitutes in chapters 16 and 23 of Ezekiel offer hope of reform and restoration. Christendom, as part of Babylon the Great, has no such hope. Is Christendom the antitype of ancient apostate Jerusalem? Pure Worship, Chapter 16, Box 16a Previous Understanding Unfaithful Jerusalem is a prophetic type of Christendom. Hence, the destruction of Jerusalem prophetically foreshadowed that of Christendom. Clarification Conditions in unfaithful Jerusalem, such as idolatry and widespread corruption, remind us of Christendom, but we no longer refer to Christendom as the antitypical Jerusalem. Reasoning behind the change There is no clear scriptural basis for such a type-antitype approach. Unlike ancient Jerusalem, Christendom has never practiced pure worship. And while Jerusalem did receive Jehovah's forgiveness for a time, there is no such prospect ahead for Christendom. How was the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones fulfilled? Scriptures Ezekiel 37, 1-14 The Watchtower March 2016, pages 29 through 31. Pure Worship, Chapter 10, paragraphs 9 through 14. Previous Understanding In 1918, the persecuted anointed were brought into captivity to Babylon the Great, experiencing a death-like condition of near inactivity. That short captivity ended in 1919, when Jehovah revived them as kingdom proclaimers. Clarification the death-like condition of spiritual captivity lasted a very long time and began much earlier than 1918. It started in the 2nd century CE and ended in 1919 CE and basically parallels the long growing season in Jesus' parable of the wheat and the weeds. Reasoning behind the change The captivity of ancient Israel lasted a long time, beginning in 740 BCE and ending in 537 BCE. Ezekiel's prophecy describes the bones as dry, or very dry, suggesting that those represented by the bones had been dead for a very long time, and the restoration of the bones is described as a gradual process that would take time. What is the meaning of the joining together of the two sticks? Scriptures Ezekiel 37, 15-17 The Watchtower July 2016, pages 31 and 32. Pure Worship, Chapter 12, Paragraphs 13 and 14, and Box 12a. Previous Understanding After a brief period of disunity during World War I, faithful members of the Anointed Remnant regained their unity in 1919. Clarification the prophecy highlights that Jehovah will cause his worshippers to become one. After 1919, as time progressed, members of the anointed remnant were joined by an increasing number of those with an earthly hope. Both groups are worshipping Jehovah together as one people. Reasoning behind the change The prophecy does not describe one stick that is first torn in two and then later brought together as one. Thus, the prophecy does not describe one group that would be divided and then later be reunited. 
Instead, it describes how two different groups would become united. Who is Gog of Magog? Scriptures, Ezekiel 38.2 and 10-13 The Watchtower, May 15, 2015, pages 29 and 30 Pure Worship, Chapter 17, Paragraphs 3-10 through 10. Previous Understanding Gog of Magog is a prophetic name that applies to Satan after he was ousted from the heavens. Clarification Gog of Magog refers to a coalition of earthly nations that will attack pure worshippers during the Great Tribulation. Reasoning Behind the Change The prophetic descriptions of Gog, namely that he is given as food to birds of prey and given a burial place on earth, suggest that Gog is not a spirit creature. In addition, the attack by Gog parallels what the books of Daniel and Revelation say about the attack by earthly nations on God's people. Did Ezekiel see and tour the great spiritual temple that the Apostle Paul later explained? Scriptures Ezekiel 40 verses 1 through 5 Pure Worship Chapters 13 and 14 Previous Understanding Ezekiel's visionary temple is the same as the spiritual temple that the Apostle Paul explained. Clarification Ezekiel saw not the spiritual temple that came into existence in 29 CE, but an idealized vision of how the pure worship outlined in the Mosaic Law would be restored after the exile. Paul's inspired explanation of the spiritual temple focuses on the work that Jesus, as the greater high priest, accomplished from 29 to 33 CE. Ezekiel's temple vision, which never mentions the high priest, focuses on the spiritual restoration that began in 1919 CE. We therefore do not look for antitypical meanings in all the detailed features and measurements of Ezekiel's visionary temple. Rather, we ought to focus primarily on the lessons that Ezekiel's vision teaches about Jehovah's standards for pure worship. Reasoning Behind the Change Ezekiel's visionary temple differs from the spiritual temple in important ways. For instance, Ezekiel's temple featured many animal sacrifices. At the spiritual temple, only one sacrifice is offered, once for all time. Hebrews 9, 11, and 12 In the centuries before Christ came, it was not yet Jehovah's time to reveal deep truths about the spiritual temple.